Alright, welcome back to the Shardbreaker Podcast. This is episode 5 of Mistborn, the Hero of Ages. We did chapters 30 through 36 this week. Uh, and I am here, I am Midnight, and I am here with <laughs> Darkness. Hello. And Mythic. Hola. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I think we had some pretty good... Hola, by the way, is hello if you didn't know Midnight. I, I, do, I do. I, I do know that. Thank you. Anyway, I think we had some pretty good epigraphs and stuff this episode. Yep. A lot, of lore. A lot of lore. Drops. I skipped them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, I'm sure you did, Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so Chapter 30's epigraph is Originally, men assumed that Rashek's persecution of the terrorist religion came from hatred. Yet now that we know that Rashek was himself a terrorist man, his destruction of that religion seems odd. I suspect it had something to do with the prophecies about the Hero of Ages. Rashek knew that preservation's power would eventually return to the Well of Ascension. If the terrorist religion had been allowed to survive, then perhaps someday a person would find their way to the Well and take up the power, then use it to defeat Rashek and overthrow his empire. So he obscured knowledge of the hero and what he was supposed to do, hoping to keep the secret of the Well to himself. Uh, so what do you think about this potential reasoning for why Rashek got rid of the terrorist religion? I mean, we kind of like figured it would be like that. Sounds like bullshit. I mean, really? No. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like accurate as fuck. Yeah, like, that's like, literally yeah. what I said before. Yeah, that's yeah, literally what we've been talking about. The fact yeah. that he thinks, he thinks he's doing the right thing. I mean, but every bad guy thinks the same thing. So It makes me wonder what the prophecy actually is. Like, if it actually... You know what I mean? Mm. The prophecy. Like, is there a prophecy before the prophecy that ruined, you know? Just the or prophecy of prophecies of prophecies, like, yeah. Is it is it deriving from like the like the terrorist religion or whatever that we don't know about? So we the the origin of the hero of ages and everything is from the terrorist the terrorist religion as far as we're aware. Um, we just don't know how much of that was potentially corrupted even the even in the past by ruin. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we start this chapter uh with Ellen's point of view as he tells Ham and Set about him and Vin going to the ball in Fadrex. He's surprised that Ham and Set have no objections, as he notes that he's putting himself in danger of capture, showing off that he is a Mistborn, and he'll be putting both their Mistborn in the same place. Ham replies that it's a similar situation to when Ellen went to his father's camp. However, he's both a Mistborn now, and has greater political power now. Set replies that he thinks Yeoman will leave the moment they arrive. Uh, Ellen, however, says that Yeoman is trying to pretend that everything is normal, and so he'll think that Ellen and Vin are coming to meet him on his terms, instead of showing up in secret to his palace. Uh, they then get into a discussion about whether a king needs to please people, which ends in Set saying that he doesn't like how everything is a logic puzzle to Ham. Uh-huh. Ellen is happy Ham seems more himself, and wonders if the reason Ham hence seemed like himself was because no one was around to complain about his logic puzzles like Breeze usually does. Uh, Set then asks if he's in charge, if Ellen dies, and Ellen replies that Vin would be in charge. However, if somehow both he and Vin die, then Set can be in charge of the army until he can tell Says that he is emperor. Uh, Ham thinks Demos should get that position instead, but Ellen replies that Set has more experience Says. and he's a better man than he shows himself to be. Uh, what did you say? Says be a good emperor. Yeah, you want Says to be emperor? I want Says to be a god, so yes. <laughs> uh, so do you think it's smart to have Set in charge if something happens to both Ben and Ellen, or do you agree with Ham that Demos should be in charge? I mean, what we find out about Demos later? No, I don't think Demos should be in charge. <laughs> Demos uh, Demo doesn't think highly enough of himself. Nah. I don't think I would want Demo as my leader either. <laughs> I mean, I don't want either one of them as my leader, so... 
Well, technically, Set's only supposed to be in charge until they can tell Sazed mm-hmm. <laughs> that he's in charge. Set wouldn't actually be in charge. It's okay. I mean, I want Sazed to be in charge anyway. Sazed seems to have a better head on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a little depressed at the moment, but, you know. He has a nice talk with Spook after? later. Yeah, but he's a little depressed, but who wouldn't be after, you know, you just lost the love of your life. So. Yeah, he's, he's been struggling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Vin then comes out in a black gown with silver trim. Ellen is rendered speechless, and Vin says that she had forgotten how much of a pain gowns and makeup are to put on. Ellen then jokes that he's paying the maids too much if they're wearing gowns like that, and then asks how it was made as he knows they didn't have the materials for it. Min just says that Mistborn work in mysterious ways, which uh, Ellen replies that he, he is also a Mistborn. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ellen and still, Vin, still, they work in mysterious yeah, ways. Apparently, he's just like, I, I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Ellen and Vin then leave, and Ellen hears Ham asking Set about how he can't leave without someone carrying him, and then begins speaking about some philosophical puzzles. I enjoyed that. It's just like, oh, you're stuck here with me, are you? <laughs> uh, so we switch to Vin's point of view as she thinks about how hard it is to jump around with a gown on. It creates drag and also makes a lot of noise. Uh, they jump over the rocky formations around the city and onto a rooftop, Vin landing much more gracefully than Ellen. Ellen then states that Vin paid someone in the city to make the dress for her, uh, which she agrees with, and then they jump over to the keep, stained glass windows creating colorful light around the area, and land in the middle of the carpeted steps. The men ushering nobles into the party freeze as they see Vin and Ellen who walk up to the front door, and Ellen pushes away a guard who tries to block their path. They make their way quickly through the entrance, hearing nobles whisper and ask who they are, before Ellen gives a name card to the servant at the entrance to the main ballroom. The servant pales as he reads the card, and Ellen gives the man a nod, which encourages the servant to announce Ellen and Vin to the ballroom in a loud, clear voice. The ballroom grows silent, and Vin glances around, knowing that the ballroom isn't overly tall like most in Luthadel, and has the majority of the stained glass uh, as wall partitions within the room for people to admire. There was also small, intricate details in the stonework, and... The room was made with white marble and had white marble pillars between the stained glass partitions. Finn then notes the nobility wearing various metal jewelry, and the men wearing dark suits and the women in colorful gowns. Uh, so what did you think of Vin and Ellen's entrance? I'm like, they a bunch of badasses. They know it. Yep. <laughs> uh, also, did you have any thoughts about the, the description of the ballroom? You know, I was expecting to go into detail. Like, well, I was expecting more like the stained glass stories that we would see in the, like, what was it, the first book? Uh, yeah, the very mm. first book where it was like talking about the deepness and shit. Yeah. yeah. Especially especially in this city of all places, yeah. Yeah, it seems they're probably just the same same sort of stained glass windows. They didn't go into any detail about anything special mm-hmm. about any of them. Yeah, it's probably because uh, Vin's not going to smash through them, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Vin then notes that they should leave the doorway and before the guards arrive, so they head further into the room and eventually spot Yeoman. Vin notes that Yeoman seems young, close to Ellen's age, and has the signature bald head and eye tattoos of a high-ranking obligator. Yeoman stands, looking dumbfounded, but waves away the guards that begin to enter the room. He then sits back down, but does not continue eating. Uh, so were you surprised that Yeoman allowed them to stay? Well, I mean, how are you going to turn two Mistborns away? Like, what? <laughs> yeah, fair. They'd slaughter your whole fucking shit. Yeah. Especially these two Mistborns specifically. Uh, so Ellen and Vin then agree to mingle a bit before going to speak to Yeoman. So Vin makes her way to a table where she believes the most influential noblewoman is. The noblewoman at the table uh, grow pale when they see Vin approaching, but the main woman stays aloof. Vin sits down directly across from her and then immediately speaks to one of the younger women. She tells her that the main woman is planning to betray them and leave the city without them. Vin says that they ally with her, they'll be protected. I love it. That's so funny. 
The main woman then asks if she had invited Vin to sit there, which Vin replies that she hadn't. The woman then says that Vin is spreading lies and doesn't know her plans, but Vin replies that the women should realize that she wouldn't allow herself to be caught in Fadrix with no escape plan. She then learns the family name of the woman and realizes she is related to the Alariels and mentions how she killed their misborn. <laughs> uh, Vin then calls the woman's schemes inconsequential and that she is here to warn people. Lady Patterson pales and says if they couldn't, could have taken the city that easily they would have done it already, but Vin replies that Ellen is a man of honor and wanted to speak to Yeoman first. Lady Patterson tries to give her opinion, but then cuts her off, saying she doesn't care, that she is only here to give a warning, and then uses a powerful soothing on the table before leaving. After a moment, the women, excluding Lady Patterson, rush from the table and ask Vin if they can introduce her to other people, which Vin agrees to. Uh, so what do you think of Vin's encounter with Lady Patterson? <laughs> it, it reminded me a lot of the other woman that she was like... Uh, the, the, well, she was like a soother, yeah, the soother. Yeah. Remind, remind, well, she was actually me a lot of her. She was pretending to be a soother, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, the that woman, she reminded me a lot of her, and I was like, this is like Vin getting back at that woman. <laughs> you know, I was expecting her to go into detail as to like how she defeated her and all that shit. Probably too gruesome for the noble ball. Exactly, it would have worked out fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might have been going too far. She was trying to she was trying to play it in a way where she wasn't being, I think she was being like very in charge, but she's not gonna be too like Oh yeah, definitely. Especially after telling them that they're gonna fucking kill everyone if they don't fucking decide yeah. with them. Yeah, pretty much. They were like, Yeah, so uh if you don't come with us, we're just gonna kill you. So I, I mean I feel like it's different to say like, Oh, we're gonna come kill you than being like, Oh yeah, I did this, this, this and this to to your cousin. This is So how you're she telling me it's died. better to threaten them to yeah. kill them than to explain why it's a bad idea to go against them. <laughs> I mean, they know she killed the Lord Ruler. I don't think you have to explain. Yeah, but the dude has been saying it's been a lie, no? Yeah. Just because he's been saying that, do they believe that really, though? They have their their noble, they have their own spies. They believe believe a lot of things. To be fair, they're also believing in Kelsier's words incorrectly. Wait, is is that this city or the other city? That's the other city. I think it's this city. That's the other city. Oh, you're right. This city, this city is run by the guy who wants the, the Lord Ruler's guy. shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. He wants the Lord Ruler's shit that was before. Or the other one is the vice versa of that. It's Kelsey. But I mean, like, either way, if people can do that, like, come on. You know, power talks, so. Uh, so that was the end of chapter 30. Then we get chapter 31's epigraph, uh, which is, Rashek wore both black and white. I think he wanted to show that he was a duality, preservation and ruin. This, of course, was a lie. After all, he had only touched one of the powers, and only in a very small way at that. So I think we've kind of talked about this, about how the, the the well is... I think you guys had theorized, like, the well was only one power, and there's going to be a second well. Um, so yeah, we kind of get confirmation. That he only touched one of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do you think uh, the other well does something different? Like, the way that the power kind of that he got... Do you think it's different in any way, or do you think because both both of them seem to be gods that they'd be pretty much the same type of like abilities in being able to like change the world? I see it differently than what I think you guys see it, and I know it might be wrong, but it's just how I see it. It sounds to me like he was tapping into more of like ruins power than what preservation stands for. And the only reason I think of that is because of the next epigraph. Hmm. So we can get into that in the next epigraph. But yeah, it doesn't <clears> specify which power he touched here. It just specifies that he touched one of them. 
I, I think it's... I don't know. It's because... I, I don't know, bro. Why would... Pres- mm. You know what? Whatever. I'll just get into it in the next paragraph. Yeah, we can get into the next epigraph. Uh, did you have any thoughts, Mythic, about this epigraph? I kind of agree with uh, Darkness, but... Mm. You yeah, agree I agree with Darkness. Uh, it, it seems a lot more like Preservation's power was being tapped into originally, um, and then he kind of went down a path uh, of what Ruin did. Well, he only uh, touched one power, so if he, he couldn't well, yeah, touch no, 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 Preservation's power. I'm not saying he touched Ruin's power. I'm saying that oh, okay. he got Preservation's power, which, if we're you know, basing basing it on like what you said before, uh, it's like kind of almost knowledge base. He gets like all of the knowledge from previous uh, successors or whatever, um, and so he got that, and then he tapped into using like the same methods that Ruin uses, where he was the hemolurgy and all of that. So knowing the information, he ended up still doing pretty much Ruin's bidding. In one way or another. But I mean, that's only based on if he's actually the one making the, uh, whatever the fuck they're called, the Steel Inquisitors. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like Ruin making them, but. I think him the, thinking... the previous epigraphs did <clears throat> confirm that he's the one who makes made the Conjure the Coloss and the Inquisitors. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we move to Say's point of view for this chapter as he speaks to Breeze about how the river must have been widened over time to eventually flow into this cavern instead of the canals. They spent the last three days moving their troops into this cavern and setting up some furnished rooms in the ministry building for anyone looking in, so it wasn't obvious that there was more to this place than the citizen knew. Sace continues to explain that the river is an underground river that is filtered through rocks to get rid of dirt and ash, which makes it one of the few sources of pure water in the Empire. This allows the cavern to support a population during a disaster. Spook mentions that the Lord Ruler was looking to the future, and Sace thinks about how Spook had not answered any questions about his eye bandages, Although Sage believes it has to do with him burning tin. Alrian then says the war doesn't matter, the lunatic in charge of the city does, and all of them look at Sage, and he thinks that he is, unfortunately, in charge. Unfortunately. Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm unfortunately in charge. Yeah, he's like, I am unfortunately in charge. So what do you think about how the cavern was specifically made to store pure filtered water that wasn't contaminated with ash? Getting ready for the for the fact that their fucking bodies are reverting. Getting ready for the apocalypse. Because Think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Go on. Even the food, cook, cook. Like it's gonna be pure. Like the ones that they were, like they had in the storage. Mm. It's gonna be like it has. It's gonna have like no sort of fucking ash, right? And the water too. So like, I mean, like it makes sense if their like biology is changing, like back to how it used to be. I'm just wondering if, <laughs> like, what is the reason? Like, is it just like? The generations that pass, or is it because the Lord Ruler himself died? The pat, maybe, yeah. I mean, on or is it ruined? That's fucking like all the stuff up that he did on that idea. Like, I mean, obviously, if the Lord Ruler dies, maybe the all the things that he did start slowly going back to what they were. Yeah, I could see that being a thing. Any other thoughts about this epigraph, or about the the filtered water? Sorry, not the epigraph. A little bit about filtered water. Uh, Sage agrees that they need to figure out new options since the citizen has refused to meet with them. Spook suggests assassins, but the group says it's different to kill the Lord Ruler because unlike the Lord Ruler, the citizen is replaceable. Reese says they need to undermine the citizen and prove that his entire system is faulty and that this is the only way to take the citizen down short of marching in an army. Jorian's like, well, we don't have that. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, 
wonder where that is. <laughs> it's busy marching on a different city. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sage, however, says he thinks that, it's t- uh, that in time they might be able to work with the citizen, which Spook disagrees with. Sazen says that based on what they had seen and heard of Kelsier, technically the society is living closer to, to his ideals than they are, and that they can't fault them for trying to live this way. Breeze, however, says that they chose to support Elland, and they need to get the supplies fr- uh, for him and for the greater good, which Alrian nods along with. Sazen she seems to do a lot. Of, she's been seeming to do a lot of agreeing with Breeze. Well, she seems in general to, yeah, want to do the, the better thing, because like, her whole thing in this last book with her dad was like, we should help the people in Luthadel, because they are doing the right thing. I was only saying that because you don't like this woman, so... I don't. I can admit she does have... I'm not saying she's fully evil, I'm just saying I don't like her. She's not evil or anything, though. Why would you not like her, though? I hate her. Just do. Why do you hate her? Like, that's a big word. I hate her. Oh my god, so she must... Not even that bad. Like, she actually, like... She really must be doing something real bad for her to hate her. Uh, Sae says, uh, thinks that Spook is right, that Kelsey would not have liked what the citizen was doing, though. Breeze says he wants to check how close the people are to Rebellion, how the criminal world here is doing, and just feel things out before they move forward with anything. Spook again insists that they should just kill the citizen, but again the group tells him that it won't work. Sae says that Breeze should let him know once he feels they can move forward, and the meeting ends. Uh, so do you agree with Spook that they should just kill the citizen, or do you agree with the others that he'll likely just get replaced and they won't have accomplished anything if they do that? I think they should kill him, but I also kind of agree with the other side of the coin. There will be somebody that will replace him, so you kind of have to figure out the contingency plan there as well. Well, I think and... their kind of point of view is like if we kill, if we just kill him out of nowhere without like undermining his whole system, he becomes a martyr. Yeah, he becomes a martyr. Yeah, he becomes a martyr. Like we we become the bad guys here. And no one's gonna want to listen to us. Why are people thinking? I don't understand this. Like, yeah, why are people thinking at all? Like, oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> why are people just like? Considering killing as the only option, because it is one of the only options. No, it's you not though. <laughs> I mean, you can literally incarcerate them though. But again, you have you to undermine his to... system to incarcerate him. Yeah, though. exactly. Yeah, but it would be better than like just killing them, because it would show a play of better power, and like he would still be wow. alive. This is kind of the same idea as like, uh, why does Batman not kill any of his fucking villains? They, and it they... works. No, it doesn't. They it doesn't literally they go going to back Arkham. And doing more they shit. go to Arkham. Yeah, they go to Arkham. They come back. They do yeah, the but same have you seen when he does and, kill when some, when the villains people. and how bad it gets? No, he gets bad. He makes the comment numerous times that he is above killing anybody. But and he so, does it, and it gets bad. Yeah. No, Punisher does it, and it gets better. <laughs> Batman, have you literally not seen Batman kill a villain before? Yes, yes, I have. But I'm just saying. Punisher and it gets so fucking has, much worse than if he doesn't kill them. Not always. There's different. Uh, that was there was like a literally whole oh, fucking like era of com- that. There's a few comics so that uh, change different things. Makes um makes him a bad guy completely. There's ones that you know he kills the Joker and then all the shit that goes on after that. There's a bunch of different like things that um like what's the word. Uh, multiverses. That there's no Batman in this city, you know? I know, right? Oh, wait, Vin. Vin yeah, Vin. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> she even has the cloak. <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, I mean, it. it's the same idea. Like, if you kill him, somebody's just gonna step up and do something. But, um, yeah. if if you undermine him, of course, then there's no saying that he won't be killed by somebody else who will 
then still step into that role. Like, if you undermine him enough, they'll lose faith in him, and then maybe somebody else will kill him and take his place. So you're kind of still in a lose-lose situation here. But I, I was thinking more about of, like, if you undermine them and, like, take them, like, as a prisoner, they'll see you less of a tyrant than if you just killed whoever's in charge every time. You can't. I don't think so. I think they're going to still see them as a tyrant, no matter it's, what. Because it shows a sense of mercy, which... Like, Which you know, could be weakness in comparison to most people, you know, that most people would think it might be weakness. So. Only if you're trying to face against it, but yeah. I'm well, talking about, like, the general well. public. They would feel, like, a less, like, sense of, like, oh, we're, like, fuck. It's another one, you know? I mean, like, the other city? <laughs> the Emperor has arrived! <laughs> That's not saying anything, no. No, definitely. We're totally not, like, coming in here to conquer you. They would never. Ever. Uh, so Sazen grabs his portfolio of religions, wanting to continue his research uh, through them, even though he feels he should be doing other things. He also thinks a bit about how he wants to study the new sect of the Church of the Survivor here in town, but also doesn't think that studying one more religion will help him. Then goes over to the large metal plate that the Lord Ruler had inscribed. religion! Goes over to the large metal plate that the Lord Ruler had inscribed instructions onto. It talks about how the Lord Ruler wants... Sorry. It talks about how the Lord Ruler wants to take the power from the well again to continue to keep Ruin trapped, but that he worries that Ruin will somehow kill him. In case he is dead, the catches will hopefully provide some protection. The metal plate also discusses Electrum and the exact percentages for the Elementic version of it. Finally, there is uh, there was a map to the next catch, which is the one that they uh, got to at the beginning of the book. Uh, Sazen turns away from the plate, noting that some of the soldiers had made camp down here. Most of them were upstairs, so the rest of the building was lived in and less suspicious. Few soldiers were That's suspicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. A few soldiers were also exploring the edges of the cavern, looking for any other secret ways out, just in case they got trapped in the cavern. Uh, do you think the group is going to get trapped in the cavern at some point? Mm, somebody's going to get trapped in the cavern. I. It's going to be yes, because <laughs> because because I feel like the outside. <sighs> so my theory. You have a theory? What's what's the name of the fucking part of this book again? Uh, the well, we're still in part two. Part six doesn't start, or part three doesn't start until chapter thirty-six. Part six. I meant part. Because <laughs> I, I was in chapter it's thirty-six. Like, like, what's the name of it? Uh, where's part? Where's the start of part? It's two? like something with the sky or some shit. Right? Do you mean part three that's coming up, or part two? Part three, I think. Okay, part part three is named... Let me scroll down to my notes. Scroll, uh, scroll, scroll. Scrolling forever. Oh, uh, The Broken Skies. Yeah, there you it's go. Chapter 34, not chapter 36. So, I feel like that's gonna be, like, the sky reverting back to how it was. And their, like, bodies are not gonna be able to handle it. And they're gonna have to, like, hole up in there. Interesting. Very Interesting. Well, if the sky stops being filled with ash, there's the planet is closer to the sun, so that's going to be an issue. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it's what going, we're all going to burn down here. I thought you were going to say, we're all in this together. <laughs> we're all gosh. in this together. <laughs> oh, my <gosh>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Spook then comes up to Says, taking off his cloth and spectacles while also putting out one of the nearby lanterns. Says notes that he had also noticed Spook wearing gloves and thinks that he is likely wearing earplugs as well. Spook then mentions that he thinks Kelsey is still around, although not alive, and wonders if any of Says' religions speak of something like that. 
So he says some of them do speak of spirits that either help. Do y'all religion speak of this? <laughs> so some of the spirit, uh, there are some spirits that either help or curse people. But he tells Spook that he won't preach of any religions until he's sure one or multiple may contain the truth. Spook then says it makes sense that Sace hasn't found any truth in the other religions, since Kelsier's religion is the one that's true. Uh, Sace asks how Spook can think that when he knew Kelsier. He says that believing in Kelsier has gotten the people of the city nowhere, and that he no longer wears his metal mines as the religions in them don't deserve to be taught. Spook, however, says he thought that Sace didn't wear his copper mines anymore because Tindwell didn't like religion much, and Sace feels a chill in response. Spook then says that the people of the city know more than Sace thinks, and then leaves Sage to his thoughts. Uh, so what do you think about Spook's thoughts on why Sage wasn't preaching religions anymore? It's so cute. Yeah, I was like, what do I think of whose thoughts? Because... Spook's. Because, I mean, Spook is a god, so... Everyone's a god, uh, too. <laughs> Only Spook and Sazed. And Kelsier? No, Kelsier is a god. Like, that, it's already been shown. <laughs> he is speaking to Spook. He's a god. Everyone's a god. I mean, yeah, if you, if you look hard enough, yeah. <laughs> Uh, what did you think, Darkness? About uh, Kelsey being a god? No. <laughs> Post <Post-Pink's> conversation <laughs> was sazed. About Kelsey being a god? <laughs> it's just true. I mean, you know. yeah, it's factual. Exactly. <laughs> I was there. I was the god. <laughs> <laughs> you were Kelsey. I was there. <laughs> he said it like how it is. <laughs> like, I think. I think. I think Spook definitely tapped into something like a subconscious I- thing that uh. Say, say, did not know. You know. Yeah, like, I, I was gonna say. I feel like says like genuinely did not know, but like it's like accurately like what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ew! Don't do that again. Hmm? Yeah. Both of you seen that shit at the same time. <laughs> oh, <did> yeah. <laughs> uh, so says barely noticed the spook leaving, thinking about how Tyndall and he had often found contention regarding his religions, but how she had done research with him on the Hero of Ages, possibly just to spend time near him and do something that he liked. Now he had agreed to be Ellen's ambassador to do something that she enjoyed. He's surprised that Spook was the one who made this note, and Says then pulls out his portfolio and begins going through his next religion. Uh, so chapter 32, we start getting our, I feel like, big info uh, epigraphs. Well, this one's short. Uh, chapter 32's epigraph is Allomancy. Obviously, is a per- preservation. Obviously. Obviously. The rational mind will see this. For in the case of Allomancy, net power is gained. It is provided by an external source, preservation's own body. Uh, so, were you expecting that Allomancy was of preservation? So I think yes. you guys might have. I thought you guys had yeah. theorized that Ferrochemy was of preservation. No, I mean, we, I think we, I, I think we did that too. But I, I'm pretty sure we stated that we thought that uh, Allomancy was going to. I know, I know. I thought preservation was Allomancy, and then I know that hemology was ruined, and then I was, I questioned, I was like, if that's the respectives, I don't know what Farrakim can be. Yeah, I think you thought Farrakim was like a third god. Mm. Yeah. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, I do remember the god talk, though. We have Um, have a lot of god talk around here. And what else do you think, what else, eh, I can't speak. What What else do you think about the fact that allomancies provide by preservation's own body? If you could provide people with powers by simply having them swallow your body, what do you know? <laughs> Is that not what swallow Jesus does? Isn't the whole, like, bread, uh, body and blood of Christ wait, or something? What? Oh, I your bread and wine. Uh, your, wait, your boyfriend is doing what now? <laughs> <laughs> You're letting people have his what? <laughs> what? People are cannibalizing him. Don't worry about it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, okay, so it kind of goes on the idea that I had a while back of the... Mm. Um, 
the bead that Ellen ate is of preservation. Um, like, was given to him by preservation, so it would make sense if Alamancy is uh, of preservation. It gives him, it gave him Alamancy. It gave him, you know, made him a Mistborn, but yeah. it gave him Alamancy, so um, it, the thought would obviously be that that would be, like, a part of him, I guess, of uh, preservation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that would be a great explanation of why, you know, uh, how it, how it, they're, how preservation is. Is that cheating know. on Vin? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> totally cheating on Vin. Wow. Can't believe you didn't see this the whole time. I mean, they, is it like, cheating when she gave him the medal? Yes. <laughs> it's I never, still cheating. I never thought about how. She consented. <laughs> people with Just because they consent, it's still cheating. Under duress. She was definitely under duress. <laughs> she was coerced by the mist spirit. She didn't know what she was doing. No, she definitely knew. Yeah, she definitely knew. So we go back to give, my, give this body to him. <laughs> so we go back but to Ellen. Ellen. <laughs> we go back to Ellen's point of view as Teldon, one of Ellen's nobleman friends from Lufadel, approaches him. Apparently Teldon had moved here, not trusting where his family had set up due to how close it was to the Coloss. Distant cousins of Ellen's, who we've been talking to, move off to give him and Teldon space to talk. Teldon says that he's surprised Ellen actually rose to power, even though he had been at Ellen's coronation, as he thought he'd just been a puppet. Ellen laughs and says he's been a terrible king, but he's gotten better at it. Ellen briefly glances at Finn, seeing her doing well while surrounded by a group of women. He knew she was on alert, although, uh, though, and that she was likely burning steel or iron to keep an eye out for any flying metal at her. Ellen was also burning iron, as well as soothing the room, which was easier for him than it would be for most soothers. Uh, Teldon asks if Ellen is really going to attack the city, and he replies that he will if he needs to. Teldon asks what happened to Ellen, and he says he had become what the world needs. Teldon then accuses yeah. Ellen of becoming the Lord I feel Lord like that's a lot like what the Lord Ruler said. <laughs> well, Teldon then accuses Ellen of becoming like the Lord Ruler, and Ellen refutes <laughs> this, saying he had set up a parliament, and that this is the first time he's marched an army on a city, and only because Yeoman took the city from one of his allies. Teldon scoffs, asking if Ellen is just a figurehead then, and Ellen replies that he isn't, but he would prefer to be one one day. Uh, mm -hmm. so what do you think of Ellen meeting up with one of his old friends at the ball? Their conversation so far? Uh, I mean, he speaks truth. Ellen is becoming a lot like the Lord Ruler. All I learned that Ellen is Which the new Lord Ruler. Which isn't actually a bad idea. That's all I learned, that Ellen is the new Lord Ruler. <laughs> but I mean, it, it's, not really, it's not really a bad thing, though. Like, for them it is. But like... The Lord Ruler was doing, at least in his mind, was doing what was, you know, right. right. So Yeah, was... it's not like Ellen is going around having people die for him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They, you know, it's totally not, you know, telling them to do things and they're getting diseases and then getting depressed and, you know, <laughs> totally not, not at all. Questioning well, their, their sexuality. friends turning on them. Do you see questioning their sexuality? <laughs> what? What? Darkness. Darkness. We all know you're questioning your sexuality for. Uh, I Alan. would never. Okay, I'm completely straight, guys. <laughs> sure, you are, darkness. Um... Wait, since when? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, the conversation then moves on, and Talon says that he is hurt that Ellen didn't invite him to his wedding, since he has spent so much time trying to give Ellen it was a wedding? advice. <laughs> I don't. I don't think he knows there wasn't a wedding. <laughs> There was a wedding? When? Uh, he says he used to think that they'd lose Ellen to a library and not see him for 20 years. Do Teldon's... they even have rings? Uh, I don't know. Teldon Are says rings he... a thing? 
I don't know if rings are a thing or not in, in this world. Uh, I feel like that would be a really bad idea, though. With Alamancy around? Yeah, yeah that means a metal. ring. <laughs> metal what a rings, ring that's, like, so... painted. <laughs> painted wooden ring. Interesting. Like, the silly, it should be, like, the silly bands. <laughs> no, you get, like, those tattoo rings. Because <laughs> everyone's really uh, big into tattoos. Oh, those here. are cool, though. <laughs> But yeah, so Telen says he did well with Vin, and Ellen replies that Telen had tried to talk him out of spending time with her previously, and Telen's like, well, yeah, yeah. well, she was acting suspicious, you know. You you have to admit, she was acting suspicious. <laughs> That's uh, suspicious. Oh my gosh. Ellen then excuses himself from Telen and begins making his way over to Yeoman. Ellen waits for Yeoman's servants to clear a spot at the table for him before he sits down at the opposite end. The people that were dining with Yeoman get up and leave the table. Ellen notices that the pristine crystal dinnerware and thinks about how he had to sell all of his to help feed his people. Ellen also notices that Yeoman wears a bead of atium on his forehead. Ellen oh, thinks that this I may mean that, that came from. <laughs> Ellen thinks that this may mean that the atium is actually in the city. Uh, so, do you think that this means the atium is here? That's weird. <laughs> Suspicious. I honestly, I don't think so. You think it's just more of like a show of power or something? Yeah, and generally, it's a fake I feel like atium. I feel like it's that situation again where, like, is Vin really the, like, you know, fucking hero of ages or whatever? Well, technically she was. She, like, did the prophecy as Rin wanted her to. Mm. So I'm assuming it's, like, is Atem really there? Technically it could be, but it might not be in the form you wanted to, you know. Ellen tells Yeoman that he needs allies and understands if Yeoman can't trust him because he marched an army to his door. He asks if there's <laughs> any way that they can t enter into talks... Uh, but instead of answering, Yeoman calls Ellen a flagrant and garish man. He accuses Ellen of thinking of this like a game, but Ellen responds that he doesn't think it's a game and that he wants to save as many people as possible. Ellen says uh, that he wants right to share. Right there, I would, have been, I would have been like, uh, first off, sir, politics is a game. Ellen Can anyone said... get called a barbarian in this? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ellen says that he wants the truth and that he can get, uh, so that he can get the information he needs and the resources and he won't take the city from Yeoman. Uh, Yeoman asks Ellen if he knows why he doesn't like him, and Ellen jokes that it must be his charm and wit, and then says he's insufferable mm. and was trained by a surly misborn or sarcastic terrorist in a group of thieves. Yeoman says he dislikes Ellen because he believes he deserves to take the city. Ellen replies that Yeoman took the city from Set, but Yeoman replies that he had a right to the city as given by the Lord Ruler. Um, but Ellen's like, we don't, we don't believe in the Lord Ruler's uh, right to things, we believe in the people's right to things. And then Yeoman's like, yeah, well, your people chose Penrod over you. <laughs> and I mean, like, you're not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, yeah. But you're not wrong. They did choose like, Penrod over me, but I still now rose to power, just like you rising to power on a false god, you know? So I like how his rebuttal to that, though, is like, but the system is flawed, technically. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah, he's just it like is. he's like yeah. Well, they were kind of like bribed, like forced into this, and he to voting for Penrod, and, and then Yeoman's like, yeah, well, obviously your system is flawed. Then if people can be like bribed into not voting for who they want, um, but yeah. So what do you think about Yeoman uh, believing he has a right to the city just due to affiliation with the Lord Ruler? I mean, I don't think he has a right to anything. I don't think anybody has a right to. He has the right to remain silent. <laughs> I don't even think he has that right. I wish they would accept. Uh, I, I wish they would, uh, you know, do so. I mean, their talk gets nowhere. You need to show some force. Do you have any other thoughts about the their discussion? Nah, I didn't really like. It was like all right. I, I was more interested in the like when they started discussing the 
the lines and philosophical stuff for like you know which is what we're about to get into <laughs> yeah uh so elman notes that yeoman had quoted a book that he knew and replies that he prefers a different author he also briefly discussed how the lord ruler used to be a common man but touched divinity ellen states vin also did this but yeoman doesn't believe it yeoman this uh quotes saying quoting philosophies to each other doesn't matter and won't change the fact that he thinks of ellen as a hypocrite ellen tries to offer him to be a king underneath him but yeoman rejects this because of the army but ellen replies that he wouldn't have spoken to him without the army the army uh, Ellen then brings up the storage cavern, which catches Yeoman off guard. Yeoman denies knowing of this cavern and what's in it, and states that it would be better for the people to die than be ruled by uh, the people who destroyed their god and religion. Yeoman asks if he can expect an attack in the morning, but Ellen replies he'll wait a few months for Yeoman's people to begin starving. Before he leaves, he tells Yeoman that even if the Lord Ruler wouldn't have liked him and Ben, he still would have preferred the people to live than to die. Uh, so were you expecting Yeoman to know about the storage cavern? I don't think what's in there is what they think it is, but I think yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I definitely part, thought he would know. That part I agree with. <laughs> the the thing that that's not what's supposed to, you know what they think is yeah, in there. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I don't know when when he showed that like slight expression of like surprise or right? In my head, I was like, I don't know. I don't think he's surprised about them knowing about the the place. Mm. I think if we went in the route we're thinking of, he'd be surprised of like, oh, so they don't know what's inside, you know, because uh -huh. they're assuming it's ATM or whatever. Well, I think Vin's assuming it's ATM. Ellen, Ellen seems to think that's unlikely. He's uh -huh. just hoping it has information that's going to help them somehow. I'm wondering whether ATM went if it's not there, though. I think it's converted into something else. Do we have the... A lot how of many medals do we have? <laughs> we have like 15, like, right? We have 14? 16 medals. I don't know what I'm about. No, but like known. Uh, known medals. We are currently sitting at fourteen medals. Really? I believe so. Maybe I'm missing. Maybe I'm. Because we have the adding a... one that I think. Right. All right, give me a second. I'll go through all the lists. We have the eight. We have the normal gold, eight. I guess ATM. Gold is in the normal eight. Is it? No, it's yeah. not. Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it's the not... the the original eight oh, are iron, yeah, right. steel, yeah, right. tin, yeah, pewter, zinc, that. brass, copper, iron, bronze. Iron, steel, tin, pewter, zinc, brass, copper, bronze. Because um, they consider the aluminum. higher metals to aluminum. be ATM and gold. Yeah, we originally. have aluminum, duralumin, uh, gold, electrum. Aluminum. Yeah, okay. We also have ATM and malatium. Yeah, al aluminum makes duralumin. No, but I'm not asking for like the consistency of the metals. I'm asking for the metals, the elementic metals themselves. No, that's what I'm saying. Al aluminum is... Okay, duralumin so... and aluminum are different. But yes, from, but, like, aluminum, but aluminum, I believe, like was what I believe is what they put in her mouth originally that like lowered ATM. So what they did with uh, aluminum with her in the first book is they made her it uh, burn it. it and it it got yeah. rid of all her stores of metal. Yeah, all of it. Yeah. yeah. So and then duralumin, which strengthens it, which is the you know. Yeah, but I don't think aluminum counts as an elementic metal. It, it is the. It is. They talk about how one she of the storage catches talk she about it. it. Yeah, you can yeah, burn it. it. It is an elementic metal. The fuck does it do? It just gets rid of your shit? It destroys it all of it, the Alamancer's reserves. Yeah, that's its power. Okay. So, one, two, Why is it? three, four, five. Yeah, I have six more. So what is it for? Fourteen, right? No. Is that fourteen? Yeah, it's fourteen. Yeah, um, we're so, so we're missing aluminum, what? Two? Aluminum, aluminum, duralumin, gold, or, or, not, sorry, yeah, gold, electrum, atium, and maltium. Malatium. And electrum. No, I, I said that. A, a gold, electrum, atium, uh, maltium. Uh, mal six. 
Yeah. There. Plus the eight before, so 14. Yeah, you know 14. Now, granted, I don't know if 16 is actually going to be the number anymore because ATM and MALATM aren't actual medals, like real-life medals. So I think there are 16 real-life medals, and ATM and MALATM are uh, in some way different. They're like something that's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, transcends it or some shit, you know? Like, god shit. I mean, I think ATM is ruins, like, choice and then Electrum, which is the one that gives, right? Is the well, one that you gives also them? remember have the, no, the unnamed first... one that Ellen swallowed. Yeah, okay, that's the, that's the other one that I was thinking. I thought that had a name, but I don't know why. We don't have a name for it. Um, I know yeah, but, uh, I, yeah, of course you Of course you do. <laughs> ATM and whatever this other metal is are definitely... It's uranium, think, though. It's, <laughs> it's totally uranium. Um, but No, it's plutonium, obviously. Plutonium. <laughs> I mean, I still have, I have a whole list of all of the other ones that I think it could be, so... But I have chromium, necrosil, uh, cadmium, silver are my other ones that I have. Mm. I'm hoping, that I'm hoping turn into what? Necrosil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we switched to Vin's point of view as she thinks about how strange it is that she was instantly accepted by the noblewoman. She thinks about how she finally accepts that the balls and nobility are part of her, just as the streets are part of her. I bet she accepted the balls. <laughs> she belongs to the streets. She's she yeah, she definitely does. She's introduced to one of the women's nieces as she thinks about how one of the reasons she had rejected her fitting into the nobility was because of how easy it came to her instead of having to work for it. I Ellen mean, appears. She just learned how to swallow her pride. Ellen appears, asking to take Vin away to dance. However, once they get to the dance floor, Ellen pulls out a book, causing her to gape in shock and smack him in the arm as she tells him she's trying to have a special moment with him. Ellen laughs, but puts the book I found that hilarious, by the way. It was so good. The the moment, it was like, I heard him say, the, the, well, the, uh, audiobook. The the moment I heard the audiobook say, he opens a book while dancing, and I'm like, (laughs) this motherfucker. (laughs) I love it. And then they go further with it, and he's like, oh yeah, this is also the first book that I read while you were in my presence. And I'm like, this Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, That's so, um, but yeah, so Ella last puts the book away and tells her it's the same book he was reading the night they met, uh, and how he'd gotten a servant to get it for him from the library here. Then replies that it's romantic in a twisted sort of way, in a way that she's like, yeah, it makes your wife want to kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, uh, so yeah, uh, I guess you kind of gave your thoughts already, but what do you guys yeah. think about uh, Ellen pulling out a book to read in the middle of their, their first dance? <laughs> Low-key, if I were in Vin's position, I would have gotten, like, actually pissed off. I would have <laughs> laughed have so hard if I was Vin. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the best thing ever. It's very romantic that he, he got the first book he was ever reading while they met, too. Very cute. You're hiding romanticism with fucking assholeness, but sure. No, it's so cute! I love I it. you're a little delusional. Oh my I, feel God. Like no. you're, I feel like you're a little scarred. No. If Jesus did that, I'd be like, oh my gosh, this is adorable. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would, because you're a little scarred. I'm not scarred. <laughs> what the fuck? I think okay. it's from being in Maybe a relationship with a religious figure. Yeah, right. <laughs> with that he cult pulls out leader. the Bible. <laughs> oh no! Anyway. Ellen then says that he thinks he messed things up with Yeoman by being too much like himself. Vin tells him that she uh, she is needed to accept that she is both misborn uh, of the streets while also being a woman of the courts. He yeah, she's to... misborn in the in the streets and uh, 
also in the sheets. <laughs> uh, and that he also needs to accept both sides of himself. Ellen pulls her clothes and thanks her, and they begin dancing. They dance with the grace of allomancers, even though they hadn't danced in years, and the other nobles look at them in awe. Finn mentions that there is going to be another ball in a few weeks, and Ellen replies that it's going to be hosted by yeomen at the Canton of Resource. Finn says it'll give them an excuse to go there, as the catch is likely to be in a cavern below the building. Ellen then confirms with Finn that Yeoman knows of the storage cavern based on his response to Ellen's mention of it earlier, which I think Darkness doesn't agree with. Um, or at least he, he didn't know. Oh no, you said he, he did know about it, but you, it, you were thinking they didn't, he was surprised they didn't know what was in it. Oh my yeah, god. I know. Today, Junior! Would you expect anything less of us? <laughs> yeah, so Vin says that once they know it's in the cavern, they can decide what to do about the city from there. The two of them then make their grand exit, uh, Ellen launching Vin up into the air and her using Allomancy to push herself all the way to the exit, uh, and then Ellen makes his way over to her and they make their way out of the ballroom and out of the keep. Uh, so do you think they'll be able to get into the catch during the next ball? They might get in, but I don't know yeah. if they're gonna... I feel like they're gonna get... They're gonna get in, but they're gonna get caught. Also... A quote for you, uh, kind of on, we're kind of going back all the way to the, when Vin saved Ellen, but um, a hero will sacrifice you for the whole world, but villains will sacrifice the whole world just for you. Kind of makes her a villain. Not well, gonna lie. <laughs> but wouldn't that be the other way if she had chosen to, like, save Ellen yeah. with the power instead? Because she thought she so was saving the world by sacrificing you. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm sorry, yeah, you're right. Uh, I had a reverse in my head. Yeah, I think you, I think you have that quote reversed. No, no, the, the quote's right. Well, I had it reversed. No, that's, what, what, no, that's what I mean, yeah. So no, you, you had the meaning reversed. Um, you guys need some help. Yeah, totally. Sorry, Darkness, did you answer if you, you think they'll be able to get into the catch? I don't know, Midnight, did I answer? Uh, I don't know, I'm going to stretch it by Mythic's quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I think they will. Chapter 33's epigraph. Hemalurgy is of ruin. It destroys. By taking abilities from one person and giving them to another, in reduced amounts, power is actually lost. In line with Ruin's own... That's That's cool. (laughs) In line with Ruin's own appointed purpose, breaking down the universe into smaller and smaller pieces, Hemalurgy gives great gifts, but at high cost. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what do you think about the fact that Hemalurgy loses power? Cool. It's like like, uh, alchemy. It makes sense, but I was thinking, like... It can affect a normal person, right? Like, do they need to have like an existing like, like do they need do they need to be able to use alamancy already, whether it be like a missing or not, or can it be just somebody who doesn't have alamancy in general? Well, we are going to get more hemology epigraphs, so we can talk yep. about them. <laughs> including in this in this uh, yeah, in this we get more hemology shit. So yeah, but it doesn't answer that question though. Um, I mean, I, I would feel like you stab somebody who doesn't have alamancy, and uh, you probably wouldn't get anything from them. Mm-mm. The recipient. Oh, the if the oh, oh yeah, I see. Yeah, I thought no, you, I, I, I thought I thought you like said you were it. stabbing someone who who had. <laughs> yeah, powers. no, I think I, I I honestly feel like you probably could give somebody who doesn't have alamancy alamancy. Okay, so I would honestly just be stabbing people left and right. Yeah, I mean, but you would get less and less. You would get less. Yeah, than, but you would uh, still get it, and it would still build up. I mean, I'd be I'd be stabbing ferrochemists left and right to be honest. I think their yeah, powers are a little better. I would get everything. The fuck you mean? 
I'd be a spike monster Dr. for Shisha sure. Has like a billion spikes. <laughs> it's okay. I'd be stabbing. I mean, we, we, we also we, <laughs> we also learned that uh you know the spikes have a specific placement and type that they have to be put. You know, so wait, what happens if you do it with a koalas? You don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're dead. They're dead. Not an answer. I don't know. They're dead. So you know, they're just zombies. They're not dead. They're human. It should they're, work. They're just zombies. Remember. <laughs> I want to stab. Here's what I want to do. I want to get a really long spike, right? Okay. And I want to stab an Alomancer, a Conjurer, okay. and a Coloss. And a Ferrochemist. And a, and a Ferrochemist, yeah. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> All at once, you mean? Yeah, just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One long spike. <laughs> How are you going to hold a long spike in you, though, afterwards? Can we break it? I don't, yeah, I, don't right? know if, I don't know if you can break it. I think you need to have the whole spike stay. The sword broke. That's true. The sword did break. You're right. No, you're right. The sword did break. Yeah, maybe you could just uh, break it off. Yeah, just <laughs> break it right there. Bam, bam. Like maybe that's how you send into Godhood. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm more I'm more concerned with the fact that like when they're stabbing them, it seems like they'd all have to be stabbed in the same place, right? So like if you stab somebody in the heart. And it goes into your heart. Would you both be dead? No, because magic. My head hurts. <laughs> well, I assumed low key. I was thinking about it, but and I don't think it's this way. Like I generally don't think it's how it works. But what if like you're not only just taking their power, but their life force too, and that's what keeps you alive. You know, this, as the recipient. This is, this is all just madness. And you know what they say about madness? Madness is like gravity. All you need is a little push. I don't know if that's how it works. <laughs> that's a, that's a that's a quote from the Joker. Yeah, but the Joker's crazy. So yeah, <laughs> madness, little push. <laughs> so we get a ten zoom point of view for this chapter. Uh, ten zoom. As he is led from his cage to the trustworn. I trust was right. Horn. I was right. <laughs> uh, as he is led from the uh, from his cage to the trustworn for judgment. Hundreds of chondro with bones of steel, glass, rock, and wood watch him. He notes that as he walks in the dog body, it feels more like home than coming to the homeland had. The bones uh, gave him strength, and he hopes that he is right that Vin is the hero of Ajos, otherwise he's making a big mistake. Uh, there were too many Chondra wanting to attend to fit in the trust worn, so any Chondra younger than the seventh generation were made to wait outside, although the doors were left open so they could hear. Tenzun is led to the large metal disc in the center of the room and watches as Kanpar approaches the lectern. On either side Kanpa? of the on either side of Tensoon are Kondra with the blessing of potency uh, holding large mallets. Uh, so were you surprised that there didn't seem to be anyone in support of Tensoon? Because he kind of mentions that there's like, everyone seems pissed off at him. Well, to be fair, when he started pushing against that one female Kondra, I guess. Um, I, I felt like, well, he's not going to have anyone, so. I feel like he wants it that way, though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah, well, he kind of used his conversation with her to get him the dog body. So mm -hmm. maybe she, maybe she'll be on his side again now, being like, "I see what you did there." <laughs> mm, I don't think so. I don't know. I, I feel like so. she's gonna feel betrayed. <laughs> you used me to get this dog body. They're gonna execute her next. Oof. Mm. A thousand years of hunger. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> uh, so can, ten can whole generations. Yep. Kampar asks Tensoon if he is ready to face his judgment, but Tensoon replies there will be no judgment, as he is here to give information, not no be judged. Judgment. He looks up to the first generation, cutting off Kampar as he tries to proceed, and asks them how long they will sit in their comfortable homes and pretend that the world is not ending. 
He says that the world will soon die and that if they want the people of all forms to survive, they must act and be ready as they may need to accept the resolution. Surprisingly, one of the first generation speaks and tells Kanpar to proceed. Kensun isn't awed like the others as he has spoken to the first generation long in the past before they only spoke to the seconds. Instead, he was disappointed and he states that his faith in them was misplaced and he shouldn't have come home. Uh, were you expecting the first generation to speak? Because I know you guys had a lot of theories about whether the first generation was even alive or just puppets. Or I, still think, I still don't think they're alive. I still think they're puppets. <laughs> yeah, I still think they're puppets. Like, not necessarily dead. I was going to say human puppets, but... Conjure <laughs> for the puppets. Conjure puppets, I guess. Do so you think they're alive, but they have no power anymore or something? I feel like they're alive and something has more power over them than they have over themselves. Which, you know, sounds familiar, but whatever. Do you have any other thoughts, Mythic? Mm, I mean, aside from the fact that I still think that they're maybe not dead, but like in a, like they're colossal. Yeah, they're being no, they're definitely being manipulated <laughs> by the second generation. So, mm. just I mean, I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to have somebody sit up there and pretend to be a first generation and just speak, you know? Because mm. one person speaking does not mean that, like, you know, their whole their words are like the whole collective. Because they said there were multiple, so yeah, it's, it's a full generation. Although I think mm -hmm. the early generations are much smaller. They say because they were hunted, probably at least a dozen of them. I don't, I don't remember if they said a specific number. Um, so kind of, but I mean, it's not one. That's you know. Yeah, there's more than one. Mm -hmm. And yet, only one spoke. So. Uh, so Kanpar tells Tensoon that he is being sentenced to ritual imprisonment of Changar. He'll be bricked into Changar. a... <laughs> Which I'm assuming must be, like, it might be named after one of the original, like, Conjurer who got, like, imprisoned. That poor guy. I don't know. <laughs> who, what did they do? You know? This right. is, he, he states that this is, like, something that, like, they've never seen or something. You know, like, never fathomed this would happen. And yet, so what did this other person do that got them there? Right? <laughs> Um, but so he will be bricked into a pit with only a small hole for daily slop and left there for ten generations, and then afterwards left to starve to death. Tensun doesn't speak at first, so Kanpar gestures for the guards to raise their hammers. Tensun then says he learned important things while wearing these bones. Humans aren't built for speed, but dogs are. As the hammers fall, Tensun leaps at Kanpar, as he knows that going for the door is what is expected. As Kanpar has crystal bones, Tensun easily is able to break them when landing on the Chandra. Kanpar screams as Tenzun then leaps off him and begins breaking the bones of the other seconds. Uh, so what do you think about Tenzun just, like, fucking up the second generation? Uh, it was Loki, I was cracking up so bad. <laughs> Especially when it started. I was like, how the fuck is he so fucking, like, heavy? And then I, I realized as soon as he crashed into that dude in the first, like, the first mm -hmm. one, I was like, yeah, that's how you don't fucking, like, that's how you don't use those type of materials for your bones and shit. And he says this straight up later, and I'm just yeah, like, oh. Like, yeah, you know? I mean, like, <laughs> brittle-ass bones. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I thought it was funny, though, because, like, the whole time, as he's like, it, it's getting progressively worse for him, he starts to state, he's like, you know what? Nah. This is this is where you guys fucked up. You yeah. gave me a dog body, and now I'm gonna show you how this shit works. Yeah. And he just starts disrespecting them. Just and then the, them. my favorite part, my favorite part of that whole disrespect was like he he doesn't say it, but like he's thinking about the fact that he doesn't even have the 
the blessing from yeah, the potency, yeah. Yeah, like he don't even have that. And he just beat the shit out of you guys. Yeah. Two of you having that, you know? Like, well, God, I don't think damn. he fucked up the guards. I think the guards are probably fifth generation. The he guards, got away from them though. Well, yeah, he says. Uh, it says at one point that the the guards rush to Can Park. So they like they don't fucking know what to do. They're like, this was unexpected. Are you okay? Yep. But I mean, they they have the the blessing or whatever potency, yep. which if I remember correctly, when I was writing it down. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, it's pewter. So if it's pewter, then they should have all of their shit is being up, meaning they would should be able to move faster. Mm-hmm. And yet they seem to miss a dog. Well, as I said, they rush after him first. He leaps away, and then you hear Kanpar as he's like running down the hallway, being like, "You need to chase them, you idiots!" or something like that. No, well, well, to be fair, I think they thought first. It would be fine because there was like a group gathered there or whatever, right? Yeah, I so thought they, they swung first, and he like so, dodged. Yeah, so they, they swung. Attack. He he leaps. They weren't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they don't chase after him though, right away. Yeah, no. He goes after the other dude, and then they 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 go over there to you know save the the guy. Um, I was kind of hoping he was gonna go over there and be like, "You're mine now," and just take that man hostage. <laughs> you know, I was thinking that he was gonna go up and like fucking start like chomping on all the first generation. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go up there and just like shake them and be like, "Bitch, listen to me." And, no, why are you listening? He finds out they're dead, and yeah, he finds out they're dead, and he just like turns around to the rest of the, the whole like you know procession just and just like down. they're dead. <laughs> I was you... thinking more like along the lines since he's a fucking dog, he would just like you know like <laughs> tear into them and shit. <clears throat> oh yeah, should take their blessings. Mm-hmm. You know that's uh, what I was yeah. thinking too. Like. <sighs> Or Why did he just mm-hmm. collect it all the fucking things? He'd be a god. <laughs> oh, god. <laughs> god. The god of conjure. I mean, no, but I think he'd be the leader of them, though. I still think that's going to happen. Mm. I think he's, he's going to escape, and then him and Vin are going to come back here to, you know, go to the it, trust. I wonder if the blessings matter, like the fucking, like the mean? location. Like oh, like, where they are in, in their body? Yeah. I mean, we did get a explanation of where the ones were i think they're generally in their shoulders that's weird i think they I think they say earlier that they're in like their shoulders. that's suspicious you should make a crown of just like blessing <laughs> mm-hmm. that just stick out of his head but yeah so the younger chandra began rushing out using the chaos from living with uh used to chaos from living with humans Tensoon then rushes towards the crowd, jumping over them in a way that wasn't as impressive as when he was with Vin, as he didn't have Orisar's blessing of potency at the moment. However, he clears the Chandra and rushes through the caverns as he hears shouts to follow him. As he leaves, Tensoon silently says farewell to his home and to his honor. Uh, so were you expecting Tensoon to be escaping so quickly? Yeah, yeah, he's a dog. <laughs> I, just, I meant like in, in like chapter-wise, were you expecting him to have... Yes, I, I, yeah, exactly when, he, when they went to the, the trial, he was going to leave. You know, I I thought it would be, like, Loki in the beginning, I thought it would be, like, months before he escaped. But then I realized how fucking fast things are moving, and I'm just like, mm, it's gotta happen. He, he's gotta go meet, he's gotta go meet up with his mother. God damn. <laughs> mother. Uh, so we then have chapter 34, which is the first chapter of part three called The Broken Skies. Uh, and we get a, our epigraph, which is ferrochemy, it should be noted, is the power of balance. Of the three powers, only it was known to men before the conflict between preservation and ruin came to a head. In ferrochemy, power is stored up, then later drawn upon. There is no loss of energy, just a changing of the time and rate of its use. 
Uh, so yeah, what do you think about Farrakami being the balance of the two? This is where, in my head, I was like, going through all the things that Mythic said about balance. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I gotta agree with the thing about, like, Sayu's absorbing, like, fucking ruin Both and preservation. Both of them and becoming yeah, balanced or whatever. Because yeah, uh-huh. I feel like balance is a whole fucking different, like... So, yep. I feel like balance itself is ruin and preservation into, like, what they well, would be if they yeah. were together. That's what I thought, too. When when they stated the uh, Farrakami was, like, the balance of the two, I was like, oh, so what if maybe way back when they were a part of each other? Yeah, they were and then one, they got separated because, you know, they like, got something separated. happened or whatever, and they got Exactly. Because, you know, two opposites. So you think gods can be separated and combined? No, I feel yeah, like... 100%. I feel like... I feel like this is just their nature specifically. Like no, if you're if you're composed if, if you're a god that has like a respective other and like like if you can merge in general then yeah you can be separated you know because <laughs> I I feel like originally they were separate and became like together because I don't think they were like so, together in the beginning. Have you two have either one of you watched uh, Steven Universe? No, I no, know but a bit I know about it though for memes. Okay, yeah. So, all right, well. Because Garnet, when you first meet Garnet, she is just, you know, Garnet. You don't know anything about her, really. Until yeah. later, you find out that her, she is like Ruby and Sapphire put together. Mm-hmm. They were once both two different separate entities, and they merged together. I, I could see that happening, exactly yeah. like you said. Like, they were once two gods. They merged together, they created Ferrochemy, and then something split them, and then now they're, you know, combating each other for some reason. It was Hoyd, obviously. <laughs> Hoyd split them. I'm, I'm, I, I really feel like there's going to be a whole, uh, another Hoyd cameo coming up. I just we didn't get enough Hoyd. <laughs> the thing is, maybe, maybe the reason they split up is this fucking war that the gods have going on. Oh, you mean the battle royale that's coming? Yeah. Yeah. The battle royale. <laughs> that's what we're expecting, Midnight. Oh, that's literally yeah. it. That's where Sanders. That's where Sanders is going with all of these. <laughs> It's gonna yeah. be, it's gonna so, be every, every one of his books are gonna battle each other out somehow. <laughs> the gods are just having a little competition about like whose champions are gonna be who, and then yep. they're all gonna send them into like a tournament or some shit, mm-hmm. Dragon Ball style, you know. My votes on Kelsier. <laughs> Kelsier can't compete. He's a god. My votes on Kelsier. <laughs> Actually, your vote if your vote is on Kelsier, it would be spook great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Alright, so we start part three with Marsh's point of view as he walks through a small village. People see, who see him freeze in place. I'm so happy we got a Marsh POV. And we got a Marsh POV after a while. You know what I realized? That Marsh the is last a arrow's gonna be in space. Imagine that's all of them trying to attend the fucking thing. A battle rail. Yeah. yeah. So the village in is this now- corner. Spook. In this corner. Ellen. <laughs> so this village is next to Mount Tyrion, which is close to Luthadel. Marsh and the thing controlling him feel that since Elend has left the central dominance, it's an invitation for them to come. Marsh holds mm-hmm. back the small part of him that is still himself, waiting and biding his time in hopes of Ruin thinking he had given up. The part of him controlled by Ruin finds beauty in the hopeless looks of the people and the sight of the village stripped of wood to be burned in the fires of the past winter. The people around him finally start to flee. Uh, he walks towards a mansion, mostly ignoring the people, except for one guard who tries to stand uh, up to him. He cuts the man down uh-uh. with a sharpened metal triangle that had been previously used in the Lord Ruler's ceremonies. Uh, and then he approaches the door to the mansion and knocks. 
When a maid opens the door, her eyes go wide and she trembles in fear. Marsh pushes another of the sharp triangles into her face uh, and then steps over her body and into the house. Uh, so when you were first reading this chapter, what did you think Marsh's reason for being in this village was? Oh, well, my first my first thought was he's fucking Magneto, but, you know. <laughs> that man just straight up took metal and was just like, whoop, in your face, whoop, in your face. <laughs> I was like, damn, Magneto, calm down. <laughs> he's Kelsier's brother. Motherfucker's Magneto is what he is. <laughs> man, manipulating the fucking metal, like, you know. Uh, but what was the question? Uh, what you, did you, why do you think he was here originally before we found out? Uh, oh, I don't remember that. Honestly, I was just going to say what, what actually happened. But, uh, Where was he? Hmm? He's in a little village going up to a mansion. Yeah. Tiny little village, little big ass mansion. Yeah. Low key, <sighs> I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> okay. Fair. I mean, I, yeah. No, like, I was reading it and I just, I, in my head, I could not figure out where the fuck he was. I was just listening to it, and all I could hear was, this man got killed with a metal object. This guy got killed with a metal object. This <laughs> guy so got killed with You just hear a knock at the door, open the door, and suddenly there's an Inquisitor standing there and just murders you. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah, there were a couple of them, though. I was like, why would you kill them, but not the other people? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Because that's what Ruin decided to do. I was like, what the fuck? God damn, murder everybody, Jesus. burn in lava. <laughs> Apparently... Um, but so Marsh begins to wander through the house, knowing that he doesn't normally notice color, but if he focuses, he can distinguish them. He kills two more servants before making his way up to the second floor where the man owning the house was. As he enters the room, he sees the man is passed out drunk. Marsh states he came all this way just to find the man drunk. He wished to wait until the man was sober to kill him, but Ruin didn't want to wait. Marsh slams the man to the floor and shoves a bronze spike through his heart to steal his alamancy. The man had been a smoker, and so Ruin has sent him here to take the man's power into a spike. He thinks about how... Uh, you get much more power from pounding the spike directly into another person uh, than by traveling with it. And the person who gets the spike will not gain as much power. So what mm. do you think of the fact that uh, you get less power uh, if you aren't spiked right away? So like it's like time-based, it seems. Well, it makes sense. It's like... Yeah, it deteriorates, so makes sense. It's trying to take water in a bucket that has like a tiny hole. Um, so as Marsh leaves the mansion, he finds some ska men kneeling on the ground, begging for him to send obligators to help them as they are starving. They say they'll worship the Lord Ruler again. However, Marsh says that they've lost that opportunity, and they won't need to worry about not having food for long. He then leaves, not killing them, as Ruin wanted to do that himself. As he leaves the village, the top of the mountain explodes into dust, ash, and rock before lava comes pouring down towards the village and the lake next to it. Marsh shakes his head and thinks that the town had more to worry about than food and needs to get their priorities straight. <laughs> Which, of course, they knew that a fucking volcanic eruption was going to happen. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so what do you think about these ash mounts now not just spewing ash, but lava? The world is changing. I was thinking, like, the world is a what if they're finally... What if it took, like, a thousand fucking years for them to start erupting? To <laughs> and, like, low, low. a fucking mythic brother in the back. <laughs> 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 um, if they erupt, they're gonna cool down, right? They don't smoke that bad if they're already, like, erupted, right? Uh, I don't know. Depends how much Ruin is influencing them. Also, it makes me wonder, if every time the fucking Earth trembled, was it Ruin just fucking a fucking mountain up? <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. You just know there's a lot of earthquakes happening and now a volcano. Wow! Yay! I mean, it's possible. I don't I don't think they say anything in the book besides that there's a fuck ton of earthquakes happening. Yeah, so then we get chapter 35. Uh, it's epigraph. It's more about hemallergy. 
Uh, hemorrhagy is a power about which I wish I knew far less. To ruin, power must have an inordinately high cost. Using it must be attractive, yet I must soak, uh, yet must sow chaos and destruction in its very implementation. In concept, it is a very similar art, a parasitic one. Without other people to steal from, hemolurgy would be useless. Uh, so, do you think that this is why there is a combined power, and not just two separate ones? Because ruin needs more to steal from. I don't. I don't know. I feel like I'm like looking at my question. I feel like my question is kind of stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, my, my... I just genuinely did not understand it. <laughs> yeah, right. My, I don't know. I, I I I wrote it and I'm looking at it now, okay. and I'm like, I don't feel like my Dude. question makes much sense. <laughs> honestly, hmm? I honestly uh, my my question had been like, do you think that like the reason why their ruin wanted a combined power was because he wanted like a more power to like steal from, or do you think it's just more your guys' theory of they were once together and that's why there's a combined power? I think he's just searching out. He uh, he Ooh, wants that's... to be the mind of like the one body. He needs the power of preservation, but he wants basically be the ruling. Like he wants his mind to be at the front. Yeah, he wants to be dominant. That's it. Yeah, he wants to be the dominated force. Um, and dominant, not dominated. <laughs> dominated force. He wants yeah. to be dominated. <laughs> I mean, he probably does honestly, but oh. I mean, deep down inside, you know. Oh my gosh. But. He wants to be the person who is in the driving force. And so he's trying to figure out how he can forge himself a new, basically, but take and take preservation's power. That Your answer neat, was but... just as confusing as Midnight's question. <laughs> it's, okay. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. You skip oh, the question, confusion, confusing, confusion gives confusion, so, you know. So I'm assuming Assumptions you're asking, asking of you me. why does Ruin seek out, like, the other power, right? In sure. simple terms. Do, 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 do. And I'm assuming it's simply because he wants the power to himself. Whether it... I don't, and I don't think it's because he wants to combine with it. Like, to be a balance. I think it's more of like he just wants to be the singular power. So we have Spoke's point of view this chapter. Yay. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure Mythic say. Hmm? He wants the body, right? He wants his body. He wants... I think he wants, yeah, he wants his body. He wants whose body? His body. <laughs> his own. He wants Marsh's body. <laughs> so, if preservation was keeping him there, okay. Well, uh huh. Was that yeah. black smoke? I, I, I thought that was somebody's body, Loki. So, the, the black <laughs> smoke is part of his body, but he's looking for, like, the rest of his body. Well, so, what we're told. But I. The black smoke is his body? Something like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I thought it was preservation's body, Loki. No. The, I don't the know. white. The 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 black smoke is mm. Ruin's body. Yeah, and then I made the assumption the that there would be white smoke somewhere would be Preservation's body. Yeah. Yeah, so ba, 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 I'm assuming ba, 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 it's a lot of Ruin's power is what's holding Preservation. That's what he's thinking. If Preservation is the one that was holding Ruin and the Well of Ascension was in Luthadel, underneath mm -hmm. and that's where like you know so preservation had, had ruin trapped in the in the uh well underneath mm -hmm. credit shaw in Luthadel. oh what uh, if preservation itself is the miss who's trying to get to luther though because it's like this is center or whatever that's where the well is that's him trying to get his body back preservation is getting his body back yeah at the same time that ruin is think, trying to get his body so back. then why is if, if preservation is the miss why is it killing people 
That's the question, though, because it sounds to me like if preservation I mean, theory, is elementy, yeah. then if it's sixteen metals, it's always going to do sixteen. Yeah, but what's but my my point is why though? What like what's your theory on why preservation? If they're the mist, why are they killing people? Maybe they need like people who have potential to become an elementary and who just haven't snuck yet. I'm pretty sure one of you theorized at one point that there was like two parts to the mist. There was like the mist as preservation, and then there was also the deepness that is killing people. Yeah, yeah, I did. I did state that, and I think that there's uh two different types of mist. It's the mist spirit that's preservation. Yeah, mist spirit is preservation. I think so. That's why it protect. It's why it's trying to protect. It's trying to protect and I'm the so scared that spirit is going to be someone that I don't like because mm-hmm. I'm lucky crushing on the mist spirit. Oh my god, darkness. Wait, sorry, what? <laughs> I missed yeah, part of that. Don't, don't repeat it, Darkness, don't repeat it. She missed it. So, you said something about someone being the Miss Spirit, and then you crushing nope. on them. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. I think I'm crushing on Preservation for no reason. Preservation's so good. Hot. <laughs> Hot. Vin and Ellen okay, kill each other. It's be very bad, because I'm like, I'm like crushing on like, the weirdest fucking characters. <laughs> Because I think at some point I crushed on uh, the Lord Ruler. I think you did. <laughs> and 100% did. Not the mystery is kind of, you know. Anyway. That's your next crush, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Wait, um... no, you know what else I wondered? And I still don't have the answer. And I don't probably will never have the answer. And no. I don't know. So you know how Ellen got shanked by the fucking mystery? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, what was that? Bane? I was drinking. I was drinking. Hi, Bane. I was born in the darkness. I was born in the darkness. Uh, so I was like thinking, did Alendi have like a fucking like queer relationship happening or something? Because that one dude got stabbed too. <laughs> With a uh, felt? Or not felt, sorry. Felt is Ellen's guy. Uh, yeah, I, I was like, huh? <laughs> sorry, felt. The one dude that was studying the lake or whatever. Yeah, there was a guy, he wanted to go to the lake and then he got stabbed. <laughs> yeah, so like, who was that to him? Like, uh, as far as we know, some, some guy traveling with him. We do know that he okay, had. But like, we do know that he had like multiple girlfriends, or like over the years. Okay, but what if he had multiple boyfriends, and he's just or just one man who was him? You know, because <laughs> come on, he stabbed. She, he's it stabbed Ellen. It stabbed Ellen for Vin. Why would it stab that dude? Why? Be- okay, so. What if it stabbed them because they were too close to it? Like, it, it, it doesn't have to have stabbed them because it was trying to make Alendi not take the power. It, it, it could be different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what if it. Different people would need different incentives to do certain things. Wait, but if it stabbed them in that lake. Not in the lake. He, w- he was going to go to the lake. Okay. And he got stabbed. Midnight. Midnight. Shh. All right. Um. So, if it stabbed them in that lake, right, and they were going to the other lake, which is the Well of Ascension, why did it not stab someone in the Well of Ascension that they're going to instead of that lake? Because if they stabbed it in that lake, Ellen got stabbed in this lake, would that mean that that lake is this lake instead of the other lake? You know what I mean? Well, so if if you're assuming that preservation is in the spirit, and it's trying to stop people from releasing Ruin... Then Ruin was in that lake. Yeah. The other one, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but so... They wouldn't stab potentially anyone for Rashek because Rashek knew because of Quan that the power should not be released. He had been told that to stop Alendi from doing that. 
So maybe he wasn't a threat because he wasn't going to release the power. No, but you don't, I don't think you understand. Like, he stabbed, he got stabbed in a whole different fucking lake than what Rashek went into. Yeah. And Elendi, Elendi, and uh, Ellen got stabbed in that same lake that Rashek went into, right, in the, in the Well of Ascension. Mm-hmm. But the other dude got stabbed in the lake, not the Well of Ascension. So why would it stop it from like being near that like well of Ascension, that that lake if like that's where quote unquote preservation we where I think preservation is you know because if if that's where he got stabbed then is preservation the mystery the mystery or not like is it two different ones like is it mystery on ruin side and preservation side fighting in the mist or like what's happening <laughs> my whole brain is like because like it's two different ones and two different ones have different stabbings but we know the reason for one of them and not the reason for the other no yes no you, you guys get what i'm going at or yeah i have i have a different i have a i've been contemplating here a theory real quick because we were talking about the uh stash of atm and uh like i don't believe it's going to be where they're at right now but i have i have an idea of where it might be because i've been thinking about this whole thing of like the lord ruler created Chandra, created Kolos, right so wouldn't that also mean that he might know where, like, the Kondrag are a lot? Like, he would know that they all congregate in this area? Um, uh, he, he'd possibly know where their homeland was, because he was the one he cre- yeah. who helped create new... He created the blessings to allow them to create new Kondra. Yeah, so what if what if he gave it to them, and they put it in, like... The trust. Uh, yeah, in the trust. Actually, that'd be a good place to it's put it. Trust fault. <laughs> because then it also makes sense, then, why... Uh, the whatever the fuck his name is, uh, or or no, not Ori, sir. What's that? Fuck, I can't ever remember this dude. Oh name. my god! Why he they get paid with ATM? Yeah, they do. That that's the other thing. Yeah, but um, but that's a lot of ATM to pay them. You know. But that's why um, it's called the trust. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy, man. <laughs> it would be. Um, but he he made the comment that Vin was going to need the trust. So, what if? What if he's saying that she needs this ATM that's going to be in it? Do they have the right to reject contracts? They do, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah, I mean, I, they, I I'm sure so. they could. Yeah, I'm sure they could. Because uh, they were like, you guys decided to give Kelsey a contract or whatever. Yeah, and yeah, you I guys think, decided I think the, to give that the, madman a fucking contract, yeah. Yeah, I think that the seconds or something get to choose. They, like, receive mm-hmm. the contracts and then they assign people to them. Which is crazy. Shouldn't that be the first? <laughs> right. Well, the first put the seconds in charge. Yeah. Apparently. Well, then the first can fuck off. I also have another theory. Vin has been wearing that earring a lot, right? She's wearing what it if I... all throughout the first three, all, all three books. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, before it was like, it, it... Okay. If I remember correctly, when she was fighting the Lord Ruler, <laughs> he... Like it got ripped out of her ear at one point. Yeah, right? he was he was strong enough that he was able to push any metals like out of yeah. her, like so much so that she felt and like the metal in her stomach. Sh- shortly pushed. after, she then started to see the mist kind of gathering around her and all of that. Though wasn't it? Yeah. Or was so, that when she burst in the window? I can't remember that. So so she burst into the window. She she goes in there, uh, tries tries to fight the Lord Ruler. Marsh shows up. He, like, shoves them both and was, like, and it rips her earring out and everything, and Marsh gets thrown against a wall. Uh, and then at some point, uh, they're kind of like fighting, that, and Sace is yeah. in there, and she, like, draws on the mist and, like, uh, What if they, 
what if the earring is what's stopping her? What's the what if the earring is what's stopping her from being able to use the mist? What if it's like being repulsed by something like what if ruin what if it's like a the bee like it's like ruin put his some of his power in it or something? You know, because she's also now getting the voices back. That's what I was gonna say, and all of that too. And it could be like the metal being put into somebody, like fucking uh, all of the. Everything and literally everything that ha- is able to speak, or that ruins able to speak to, or that any of the gods are able to speak to, they have metal in them in some way, shape, or form. So it's a running theory. I'm gonna have to keep thinking about this. Yeah, I think there's only two times that we've seen with them without her earring, and it was that time, and when she was in the well, she had to remove all metal from her person, including her vials and everything. We move on to Spook's point of view as he brings Breeze to a tavern along with several soldiers, all wearing simple ska outfits to blend in. Breeze comments that he isn't used to seeing Scott out at night. Spook then says he's going to go to one of the poor areas, and Breeze says maybe he should go there too, but when Breeze suggests rubbing ash into his face and clothes to blend in more, Breeze decides to stay at this tavern. Uh, As Spook leaves, Kelsier says that he never did like Breeze, uh, and then he jumps down into one of the street slots, Pewter keeping him from breaking any bones, and heads towards the Harrows to find Dern. He heads towards Dern's home, which is apparently a carved-out cavern in the side of the Harrows, which has, like, this kind of, like, rotting wood door but he says it's like probably it's like reinforced inside and he's got two guards uh on uh guarding the door the guards tell spook to leave but he just kicks down the door and is a bit surprised by his own strength as he's still getting used to the pewter kelsier says that spook may need to kill them but spook thinks that he just needs to be fast he quickly rushes down the hallway getting his spectacles and cloth onto his eyes before barging into the room where dern was playing some chips with three other men he tells the men to leave as he has business with dern some men rush up behind Spook, and he crouches and grabs for his dueling cane, but Dern tells the men to leave them. So what do you think of Spook's entrance? <laughs> I've seen better. Overdramatic, you know. <laughs> he gets it from... Who would he get it from? Out of all the crew. I'd say Vin. You get what? How badass he is? The dramatic entrances? <laughs> oh yeah, that's definitely Vin. Oh, pro- yeah. Definitely. Just definitely burst through the fucking windows and shit. To be fair, yeah. I feel like Vin got it from Kelsier. <laughs> nah, fuck that shit. Nah, definitely. I feel like Kelsier wasn't even that, like... Nah, he wasn't. He was Show flashy. Me. He was flashy, but he wasn't looking like I'ma enter with a flash. He was like, "Bro, I know I'm good. Look, watch this as I spin a bunch of shit in your face." Yeah, but like, I don't think his entrances were like a nah. big deal. Yeah. yeah, he he kind of just walked in and was like, "Hey guys," mm-hmm. and then now yeah, now yeah. she can go down, you know. But like, Vin was like straight up like, "I'm Always killing everyone as soon as I break through this fucking window." Me smash through these giant stained glass windows. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest fucking uh, picture you've ever showed me. <laughs> <laughs> We're uh, just shattering through the window. <laughs> it's a good picture. Uh, mm-hmm. Spook accuses Dern of spreading rumors about him and also knowing who he was. Dern says it wasn't hard to figure out who he was, especially being a tin eye flaunting around a bunch of money. Mm-hmm. He also mentions Spook's eyes and how strange things happen around Kelsier. Dern also says that he was spreading the rumors as Spook was supposed to be dead, and the people lo- uh, love their survivor and anything related to him. Dern says that telling people that Kellyon killed one of the survivors' own crew might get the people to stop liking him. Dern then says that his smuggling business has been choked off as no one wants to buy the fancy noble things because of Kellyon. He also says that Spook's friends can have his support as he also wants to get rid of Kellyon. Spook thinks for a minute before telling Dern to send one of his men to make an offer, Breeze letting him know which tavern he's at. He also tells Dern not to tell Breeze about him or what happened to him. Uh, so do you think Dern's going to be able to help them some way? Yeah, probably. It probably won't be the way he thinks, but yeah, probably. 
What about you, Darkness? I like most of these people dead, Loki. You want them all dead? I, yeah. want, Sorry. I want most of the new people dead simply so I don't have to remember who they are. <laughs> wow. Do you have a name? I don't even know. <laughs> uh, so Spook then leaves, heading back out into the Harrows. As he walks, Kelsier tells him he needs to go after Kellyon soon as he's getting assassins. Spook says he won't hurt part of the survivor's own crew, but Kelsier responds that Kellyon is unstable. He then hears someone coming and gets ready to fight, but Kelsier tells him he isn't in danger. Man that Durin had been playing chips with approaches him, calling him a lord and asking for help. He says that his sister, who is only seven years old, was taken by Kellyon for having a noble father. They had been hiding, but the woman who had been looking after his sister had sold her out. Spook asks for ten men to help him with some late night work as payment for helping his sister, and the man eagerly agrees. Uh, so what do you think Spook's plan for these men are? What do you think he's going to do? Murder them all. You know, I was thinking a little stabby stab action, but then I realized there's no point in that. And that's scary. So maybe it's like a spy network. Well, makes sense. Tanaya being a spy. Yeah. Uh, and then we have chapter thirty-six. Whoa. We get a lot, a lot of information about how hemallergy works. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the epigraph is info. <laughs> in hemallergy. False info. <laughs> uh, so in hemallergy, the type of metal used in a spike is important, as is as the well positioning. As the yep. Yeah, as is the positioning of that spike on the body. For instance, steel spikes take physical alimantic powers, the ability to burn pewter, tin, steel, or iron, and bestow them upon the person receiving the spike. Which of these four is granted, however, depends on where the spike is placed. Spikes made from certain other metals steal ferrochemical abilities. For example, all of the original Inquisitors were given a pewter spike, which, after first being pounded through the body of a ferrochemist, gives the Inquisitor the ability to store up healing power. Though they couldn't do so as quickly as a real ferrochemist, as per the law of hemallergic decay. This obviously is where the Inquisitors got their infamous ability to recover from wounds quickly and was also why they needed to rest so much. So okay, so the thing that I... The, when this epigraph came up that I was like... I was kind of like screaming in my head about... It doesn't tell me why they are able to burn Atium. Like, but how are they able to use Atium? It's a different type of well, spike. But it doesn't say that, though. That's what I'm saying. Like, it didn't yeah, tell me no, where it's, that it's, is. It's I giving an know. example. It's... I wanted to know because I wanted to know if it was the middle spike that's in their thing. If you pull it out, it all uh, falls apart. Because if it is, then that would make sense. Like in my opinion, it would give me another. It gave me another idea if that was true. So like, if it's the middle spike, my idea is that I don't know. I I have this like interesting idea about the mist itself being two different types of mist, um, and I think that the ruin mist is like almost like ATM driven. Um, so, like, it's a very outlandish and weird theory, and I haven't come up with why I think this or where it came from originally, but I'm thinking, because I really want ATM mistings to be a thing. It would be hilarious. <laughs> um, because, what, darkness, what did you call it? You had a, a name for it, and I can't remember. I think he called them a seers. Seer, yeah, okay. So, a seer, like, if... Um, if they were all seers and they could see into like the future, it would be hilarious to see that. And I started thinking about what well, what if if like uh the bead can give mist uh like mistborn powers. Um if that bead could give that, then what if the mist can give powers as well and it's giving them ATM mist making ATM mistings? Like and that's why it's sixteen people you know, sixteen percent and all this, like the people that get sick. Um and then the ones that die probably just can't handle it. Do we have any percentages, like, written down about what makes what metal? 
Uh, we've had a couple examples. Like I think Electrum, they said it was forty-five percent uh, gold, fifty-five oh, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah, percent silver. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they did Melee Team too. They, yeah, I think they've done. And yeah, we definitely have Electrum in. This they did Electrum. Too. They've done. I think they did Duralurma maybe in the second book, and I think we found mm -hmm. they gave a example or two of maybe like Pewter or something in the first and book. I'm but I don't. Sure we also got Melee Team. How much ATM versus whatever gold? Yeah. Yeah, we've got a few percentages. It's, it's never the exact yeah. same, though, as far as I remember. No. And I don't believe any of them have a 16% in them that I can think of off no. the top of my head. No, but I mean, it is pretty funny, though, with uh, the way that they co he comes up with like all the th things that are just coincidences. 16 months or whatever in the thing. Yeah, we'll get 16 to that. Years, 16 there. I'm like, god damn, I didn't even realize that. But yeah, no, I have, I have this theory that the people that are getting sick are... Becoming mistings, ATM mistings, and then uh, those those people don't realize that because who fucking eats ATM? <laughs> I mean, they don't have any ATM currently. Well, that's what I'm saying, like, but that's what I'm even otherwise, like, who yeah, just eats ATM? <laughs> it's expensive metal, like, nobody's just going to be like, ooh, let me swallow this, you know, unless they knew beforehand. Like, it, make, it would make sense if they were like, Mistborn, right? And then they're like, oh, we need to test this, so I'll take a shaving of ATM, and I'll, you know, boom, boom. I'll figure out if it does anything, you know, here and there. And then they're just testing out metals, you know, that it's would make like, sense. It's not like other metals where there's, like, trace amounts sometimes yeah. in, like, just, like, water mm -hmm. and food. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's the, it was just an idea that maybe the, they're, it's, like, giving them misting powers. Um, even if it's not just ATM, maybe if it's not just ATM, maybe it's just misting powers in general, and they just aren't realizing it. But ATM just seemed to me like it would be, it would go under the radar if they if there was a missing that. And I really just want mistings fucking with ATM. That would be hilarious. I think it's taking it away. You think? Yeah, I, don't know, well, yeah, I, I mean, think it's taking it away. It's so far from what I've noticed, right? Nobody who has had like alimantic powers that went in the mist has had any problems. That's why I said pre-snapping. Snapping? Yeah, pre-snapping. Yeah. Pre-snapping? You think it's taking away the pre-snapping ones? Yeah, like the ability like to potentially have misting powers or elementic powers in general. I gotcha. Yeah, sapping their elementic powers. Yeah. And they don't know they have them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Could make sense. I mean, I feel like, though, I don't know. It just seems... Because not everybody snaps. Yeah. Like... What if only 16% of the people that, oh <laughs> that have alimentic powers snap? <laughs> yeah, like, not everybody snaps from... I mean, like, it's not like that's the way that... Yeah, you because know, I don't feel like everybody's had a terrible fucking life. Yeah, well, it's... Yeah, you have to either have had something really traumatic happen or basically be a noble where they try and snap all of their kids yeah. to see if they have alimancy. And the but, thing is... The thing is, like, you grow up... Let's say you grow up a scar, right? Mm-hmm. Generally, you're more toughened up than another person who grew up in a better environment. So it would take a lot more for you to snap. Because the, the trauma, seems... like, resistance you have is, like, greater. Snapping seems crazy to me. Like, you know. But it, it's possible. I'm not going to leave it. I'm not going to say you're wrong. Because, honestly, it makes sense. You know what I'm saying? It definitely makes sense. If it was sapping their powers, and that's why they're getting sick. But as far as we are... I mean, as far as I knew... Uh, what's his name? Didn't have any powers. Uh, Demel. Yeah. 
That's I think that's what Darkness is saying is like he's he hadn't snapped yet, so he wasn't. So he didn't know he had powers. Yeah, I'm just saying, but like I mean, it just didn't seem like it, he's gone through some shit though. Yeah, but he has faith. It's alright. It's yeah, it's uh, true. He did get like part of his head bitten by a coloss or something. Yeah, <laughs> like he he's gone through some shit. You would think that he'd snapped already. Didn't get beaten think. to the inch of his within an inch of his life as no, an eleven-year-old. He got bitten to. He got bitten into. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I feel like that's a little more traumatic. But he wasn't 11. <laughs> he wasn't like a oh, child. Yeah. Oh, they have to be 11? No, it, it, they say I think like they're pre wasn't 11, I'm sure. I, I think it's technically just preteen. They they usually say like they're old enough to not be I like... Kelsey was also... I don't think Kelsey was a preteen. No, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, so... No, I think it's just in general, you can snap at any age. No, you can't. Yeah, I, I was just joking about the way the nobles do yeah, it. Yeah, like, because the nobles do it, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But no, like I feel like Demo would have snapped at this point, um, before becoming sick. If I'm, I'm not trying to poke holes in your theory, but I'm just giving you ideas there, right, darkness. Like obviously, if there was something that didn't add up to my theory, because I'm sure there is, I just haven't think thought about it. I mean, yeah, I've I've poked holes in like your theory before, Mythic. Yeah, so I was just like exactly. you're, you're forgetting this information that we yeah, 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 read like 100%. four months ago. <laughs> but like the most amount of faith, he knows like he's gonna be alright. <laughs> I don't know his sound. Hey, yeah, his faith is shaking right now. Maybe that's when he was supposed to snap, you know? <laughs> um anyway, so for our oh, final chapter, we have Ellen's oh. point of view. Uh he's riding snapping. He's riding around on a horse. Uh Set's also riding on a horse next to him in a specially made saddle. And Set says that Ellen shouldn't have gone to the party, not because he was worried about Ellen being in danger, because he got to know the people there and will think of them now if they need to fight. Ellen thinks that he knows the theory behind a general needing to think of his enemies as numbers instead of individuals. However, he says that he was glad for his choice. Set says he knows that Ellen is, but that Ellen's compassion isn't the issue, but his inability to deal with his compassion. Uh, do you agree with Set that Ellen's inability yep. to deal with his compassion is an issue? Yep, 100%. I don't think he's going to be able to attack the city now. He sees them as people now. What do you think, Darkness? I think if he was able to drive his own army into the mist, he could definitely attack the city. That's a good point, actually. <laughs> I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Uh, man who is determined to win and it think all. About, think about it. I'm pretty sure they had a whole discussion of getting to know his own army mm-hmm. and being attached to them and shit right before doing that. And I mean, yeah. he's also currently like wandering through the army being like, I need to make sure they see me and know me as a person. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm the guy who uh, told you all to go into the mist. Hi, how are you? You see, I'm not the one responsible for your death. Kelsey is, but you know. <laughs> oh my god. That's essentially uh, what he did. <laughs> I mean, it is. You're not wrong. Um, so Set moves on to talking about the siege. He says that the engineers have blocked off several streams leading into the city, but that he don't think they are the primary sources of water. Ellen notes that there are six main wells in the city. All those wells for you, Darkness. <laughs> I know you love wells. They're missing ten more. <laughs> uh, and Set suggests poisoning them. Ellen thinks for a moment before saying he'll have Vin do it, but he's going to have her leave a message saying that they've done what they've done at each well try, to try to prevent people from dying. This way, they'll go to Yeoman for water, and he'll go through his storage of water quickly. Set then asks about the surrounding villages, and Ellen says they can bully them but not kill. He wants scouts to send worried messages about the kingdom collapsing. Set says that Ellen is playing this halfway, and he'll have to make a decision eventually. Uh, suddenly an earthquake happens, causing some tents and such to collapse. Set is brought inside one of the tents as he's almost fallen off one of his horse. Or, as he's almost fallen off his horse. 
Uh, so what do you think of Ellen doing things halfway? Do you agree that he's he's not committing? In a way, all this hesitation of like just taking action and you know doing what he has to, but I feel like regardless, he's gonna end up doing it. So that isn't that how he's always been. To be fair, yeah, his system is flawed, so it doesn't even matter. Seems to do a lot of things halfway, so it just seems like he's always been that way. Uh, so Set asks that Ellen has heard about Luthadel, to which Ellen replies that Hammond told him they hadn't received any messages from Luthadel, nor the supplies they'd asked to be sent up the canal. Set states that if they don't get resupplied, they won't be able to maintain the siege past a few months at most. Ellen can tell that Set does a lot of posturing to make up for his useless legs and being unable to be physically intimidating, uh, and so he can tell that there's something else worrying Set, and states that Alrian will be fine with Breeze and Sazed. Set kind of is like, I I'm not worried about her, it's better she's not here. <laughs> Whatever. Freeze can have her. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ham then enters the tent with Demo, who had been who had not been up and about for several weeks. Ham says Demo was part of the last batch to be bedridden, so pretty much everyone uh, who had got sick is up now. Set jokes that Demo is a bit weaker in constitution since it took him longer to get better. Ellen feels like he's missing something, and Ham says that some of the men feel like the people who were sick, especially ones sick longer, were being punished by Kelsier for lack of faith. So what do you think about the soldiers thinking that these people uh, who stayed sick are being punished? Well, they are. After all, Kelsier is the Lord of the Mist. Mm, I mean, that's on Ellen, so... Right? I hate the yeah, fact that yeah, yeah. when they brought that up, Ellen was like, I did that? <laughs> yeah, like, he just... Uh, he just forgot, you know? Like, okay, bro. You literally told them that, like, if the Mist... If you, they'll all be fine because Kelsier is backing them, and you're, and then they obviously go in, and they, a bunch of people get sick. Like, granted, looking from an outside perspective, he had no idea. But like, still, you told him that. You need if to, I were to mow you know. in that situation, I would have just punched him. Nah, I don't know about that part. But I don't give a fuck. I have really <laughs> don't give a fuck, bro. You, you would punch your emperor. A lot of the people that like, <laughs> oh my god, bro. and he's like, I did that. <laughs> yeah, I know. What? I said that? Oh, I don't remember that. Um, so Ellen says that the misstriking is random, although he pauses because they note the statistics sure that prove that. Changes mm -hmm. the subject. Ham talks about, uh, and they have like a little talk about everyone's duties, which Ham talks about the morale and training. Demo talks about supplies and camp duties. And Set discusses tactics and, and patrols. Ellen thinks about the siege and what needs to be done, and that he could take the city by force now, but it would cost a lot of lives. He also thinks that he should have Yoan assassinated, but that he also struggles to do that after speaking to him. Set was right about him playing both sides, but he couldn't make a decision just yet. He hopes that the siege will make Yeoman more pliant, and that Finn will be able to get into the storage cavern. Uh, Set and Ham then leave, but Demo stays behind, telling Ellen that he feels he needs to be dismissed from his post as general. He says that only a man trusted by the survivor should be the general and lead the army. Ellen says that he's sure Kelsier trusts him, and Demo asks why he has given the sickness to him then. Demo also states that Ellen himself said the misser of the survivor and that this was his will during his speech. Ellen says he didn't mean it that way and that he meant Kelsier wanted them to suffer the setback and not that he was targeting specific people. Uh, so what are your thoughts on Ellen's speech backfiring? I mean, once again, like, you know. He brought it on he does it. Yeah, but he also didn't know. Like, he didn't have all the information. But sure, like, you, he's just, he just needs to fess up for the fact his mistakes, you know. Start telling people what the hell is actually going on. Hell, they don't even know what's going on, so... Yeah, yeah I don't know if he really can, because he, he doesn't 100% know I mean, what's going but he, on. Could, he, could, he could give them more information, be like, oh, it's 16%, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently, they, they, I mean, Demos says here that the Wait, has been getting yeah. around camp. 
Yeah, they already figured it out. But still, just he made the comment about Kelsey, the Lord of the Mist, you know. Demothan asks how Ellen explains the number of people that remained sick with the others recovered, which is also apparently 16%, which Ellen hadn't been told about yet. Uh-huh. Uh, they also stayed sick exactly 16 days to the hour from when they were first uh-huh. struck by the mist. Demo also claims it to be the number of months Kelsier spent in the pits uh-huh. of Hassan. Uh, he also claims it's how old Vin was when she became a mistborn, but that's not technically true. Hmm? Which is weird as fuck, though. Yeah, it's it's not true. That's when she discovered she was a mistborn, but she'd been a mistborn for probably like 13 years or so at that point already, <laughs> just not knowing it. So, I mean, that one's kind of off. Well, technically not, because no. you can't be... Mm-hmm. That's like saying, oh, uh, like you're really good at basketball, but you don't play basketball, so you're not like... No, because so you're a basketball player this whole the time. Yeah. Being, they're not saying she was good at being a misborn at 16. They just said she was. Like it's no, it's, but, it's a genetic thing, not a skill. But you're not a misborn same, until you actually use it, though. Like she didn't use anything. That's she, like saying oh, she didn't like, even know she was using. <laughs> that would be like saying darkness wasn't Latino until he learned he was Latino. <laughs> but you do realize there's people like that, right? <laughs> But it doesn't mean they just beca- you you just become that when you learn it. You've always been that. You see, it's a genetic thing. Okay, and <laughs> when did you find out you were gremlin? Wow. Oh, oh. Hey, darkness is Latino. No, <laughs> yeah, obviously I I'm Latina. <laughs> oh, I thought you were. I thought you were Latinx. Yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> just no response from darkness. Um, That's the point. <laughs> uh, Ellen sighs and asks Demo what he thinks this all means, and Demo reiterates that he believes it means the people who stayed sick the longest are the ones who displeased Kelsier the most, which Ellen counters with the ones that died would have been the ones that displeased Kelsier, displeased Kelsier the most. Facts. Demo just... Facts. <laughs> and then Demo's like, wow, you're right! Yeah, De- Demo's like, just responds that maybe there's hope for him then. <laughs> yeah, maybe there's hope for me. <laughs> uh, Demo bah, then says, bah. the reason... Ke- hmm? I said, bah, you, 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 you're, you're something now, right? <laughs> you, you lived. Just look at the bright side, not the dark side, man. Yeah, don't look at darkness. Yeah, like, yeah, don't look at darkness at all. <laughs> uh, so Demothan says the reason Kelsier may be upset with him is because he preached without being told to, and also says that if Kelsier wanted him to do that, he would have had Oriser come to him when he was pretending to be Kelsier. Ellen then tells Demo that he doesn't have time for self-pity, and that if the mist took him, that is proof that Kelsier didn't choose people specifically. Ellen gives Demo a small push on his emotions and tells them they need to find the real reason for the 16%. Ellen then wonders if others of extreme faith were also part of the 16% that stayed sick the longest, but before he can ask Demo, he hears shouting. Uh, so what do you think about this 16% of the 16%? Staying the sick 16 of the 16 of the 16 of the 16 of the 16? Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. All, all so many coincidences, you know? <laughs> 16, 16, 16. Yeah, 16 medals, 16%, 16... <laughs> No thoughts behind it. I'm tired of discussing this because it makes my head hurt. It's a lot I, of keep 16, to, yeah. I, I keep trying to do the math for all of it, and I'm not good at math. Uh, my other question was: Do you think specific people are targeted, or is it random? I think people without powers are becoming powerful. So I think the opposite. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I mean, either way, either way, it is targeted in some way, shape, or form. So you guys both think it's like it's targeted specifically, not random. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Maybe uh, maybe the miss is watching its calorie count, you know. <laughs> calorie count. 
so that was our final chapter. So I just had a couple overview questions. Uh, first of all, what do you think the screaming is at Ellen's camp at the end? There. Somebody, somebody being murdered outside. The screams of pleasure. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about anything. Okay. Vin's out there getting the railed by human. Oh, you think it's the coal yeah. happening with them? Yeah. yeah. Vin's out there getting railed by human, for sure. Oh, uh, God! No. Why would he say that? Wait! I thought you meant, like, humans. Not human no. Colas. <laughs> no, I meant the Colas. Oh, no, that's even God. Uh, and my other question is, do you think that Tensoon will be able to find a meetup with Vin, now that he's escaped? Yeah, 100%. He's attracted to his mother. So. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. It's, like a metal, it's like metal, you know? He's, she's a magnet, and he's the metal. And she, that is mm. not where I thought you were going with that after the human comment. I mean, yeah, I mean, either. he's attracted to her that way, too, but, like, God. you know. Oh, God. That was already pretty much evident when she, he bit his own master. Master? Um, and those are pretty much my only questions for the overview here. Uh, did wow. you guys have any other thoughts or theories that we haven't discussed? I don't know, but I hope my theory's right. Can we get some ATM mistings? It would be hilarious. I don't like ATM. <laughs> you don't like ATM? Yeah. I just find I just find it hilarious. I, I just would find it hilarious because this metal that is expensive as shit, and these random people are just gonna now ingest it. So yeah, so that is the end of this episode. Next episode. We will be doing chapters 37 to 43, so another seven chapters. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of chapters. Wasn't there like an epigraph that was like, oh, ruin something, explaining ruins powers or whatever? No. I swear to you there was. We went over all the epigraphs. All right, are we, are you oh, here we go. Oh. It oh, says, in line with Rune's own appointed purpose, breaking down the universe into smaller and smaller pieces. Oh, that right? one, the, the one about hemolurgy. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. So, in my mind, it all kind of works out in that way. So, like, hemology is, like, ruins purpose, where it, like, slowly breaks down, you know. It ruins then, things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because if you take the power, it said that it slowly, you know, goes away or whatever. Yeah, it's slowly ruining things, yep. mm-hmm. And I was thinking, what if that's the power that they tapped into the well in order to, like, well, the Lord Ruler tapped into in order to, like, affect the world, where, like... Each problem that he created is slowly getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And at, it would, if he kept going, it would have reached the point of where, like, he started using preservation's power in order to, like, completely eliminate the power, the the mm. the, the problem. But I mean, didn't it state that he only used one? Yeah, he only used exactly. one power. So he stopped before he could get to that point. That's my point. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't allowed to get through like the whole thing because he didn't have the whole power, which. In that case, it would be balance. You know what I mean? Mm. He would have to have both powers in order to fully like tap into it. That's what I was thinking when they said uh, that they only tapped into one power. All right. Shall we end the podcast here? Yeah. Sure. All right. It also looks like I was looking, glancing at the epigraphs for next chapter, and it looks like you guys are going to get some answers to some stuff you brought up uh, this mm-hmm. chap- uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, hopefully we get to know why the miss is killing 16 people in, on the 16 days. Yet. 16 this, 16 <laughs> I don't know if you're going to learn that quite yet, but... <laughs> oh, damn. I mean, we you do need to find out uh, more about Kolos, though. I hope we learn it. I really hope so. <laughs> so you got you to learn more about Kolos. And uh, it also does talk about uh, if 
if you can steal uh if you can use uh not steal if you can uh use normal people oh darkness gets his answer yeah, yeah. that's what i'm reading right now but you better end this shit soon <laughs> it's chapter 38's epigraph you gotta you gotta read a whole chapter before that no, I don't. Or, just, or just go read the epigraph. Yeah. Just go read the epigraph. <laughs> yeah, again, chapters 37 to 43 next time. Thank you guys all so much for listening, and we'll see you what next time. What was that, 53? Got it. No, 53. 40. 53. 43. 43. Bye. 53, bye.